the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. These are the words of St. Paul in his epistle to the Galatians today. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. This epistle was appointed today because today is the day we commemorate St. Savas the Sanctified. Now, many of you may not know who St. Savas is. He's a great saint and luminary of our church, but there are many saints in our church, especially if you're newer into the life of the church, you may not be familiar with St. Savas. He was born in the middle of the 5th century in a time when Christianity was given freedom because we recall the first three centuries of Christianity were under great persecution and then the Emperor Constantine the Great made Christianity the faith of the empire. So St. Savas was born in this time when the empire was Christian. This was also the time before Islam. So everything everywhere was this flowering of Christianity. And he was born in Cappadocia, but went eventually seeking the ascetic life. He went to Palestine, where there had been ascetics already for a number of centuries. And when he was in Palestine, he uh, came into contact with St. Ephemios the Great, who was his spiritual father and guide for many years. And he lived a very ascetic life in monasteries, in caves, living as a hermit. And eventually so many were attracted to him that he started a monastery out of obedience and then started another monastery and another monastery. Ten monasteries altogether in Palestine were founded by St. Savas. There were literally thousands of monks and nuns at these monasteries. You could imagine like half of Mount Athos being populated within one lifetime by one person. That's a pretty amazing thing that occurred in the desert in Palestine. And one of the most famous monasteries in all of Orthodoxy is called Marsava, or the Monastery of St. Savas. Again, it was founded by him. So St. Savas, he's called the Sanctified, and it's an uncommon title. In fact, I don't know of any other saints that are called the Sanctified. And it uh, is that word to, that comes from the same word as holiness. So he has been made holy, which we would say all of the saints have been made holy. So why does he have this special title? Because he so greatly fulfilled the words like St. Paul says in his second letter to Timothy. He says, if anyone cleanses himself from dishonor, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work. His vessel became a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He was so sanctified that his body was incorrupt after he departed this life. In fact, at St. Savas Monastery to this day, you can venerate the incorrupt relics of St. Savas, now 15 centuries later. Two years ago, the Patriarch of Jerusalem, Theophilus, visited the monastery on its feast day. So two years ago from exactly today. He gave a wonderful homily, but I'd like to read just a, a little portion of that. He says, The incorrupt and fragrant relics of God-bearing Savas that we see before us 
Remember, they actually see them there. It is a testimony and a true witness that he became a vessel of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, of Christ's Spirit. For while he was still a man of clay, he put on Christ, becoming light of Christ. And having received by God the power to work miracles, he was able to convince those who lived an ascetical life with him to despise the worldly goods and the carnal passions. As his hymnographer says, quote, the righteous father diligently struggling in virtue from childhood, you became as an instrument of the Holy Spirit and receiving from him, Christ, the power to work miracles, you persuaded men to disdain pleasures, and now, as you are more purely illuminated by the divine light, enlighten our minds also, O Savas, our Father. Savas was one who lived in the Spirit, and so he walked in the Spirit, just as the epistle that is read on his commemoration says. So what is it to live in the Spirit? The Spirit, pnevma, this word in Greek is the same word, spirit, as breath, as wind. It's a very rich word. So we think of our own breath when we think of spirit. In the book of Genesis, when our Lord breathed into Adam to give him life, that Hebrew word, ruach, is the same, has the same connotation of spirit, of breath, of wind. But living by the spirit is not just breathing air although we are sustained by God. It's communing with the Spirit, with God himself. It is our connecting with God, our communion with him, our closeness with him. You imagine two people who maybe they're going to get married, they're engaged, and you run into the, the bride-to-be, and she says, oh, I've got about 10 minutes this evening that I have to talk to my fiance. I need to do it, it's my obligation. The rest of the day is filled with so many other things, but I really need to do this because it's my obligation. Does this sound like a prayer life? Wouldn't you hearing that say, this person does not love her fiance? This person does not care for her fiancé, but sees her fiancé as an obligation. It's an incrimination to us that we see prayer as obligation. Elder Sergei of Van Vest, a very recent uh, elder who lived much of his life in Paris, in France, he talked about the prayer and our own breath. He said, prayer is living. He said sometimes that it is the nourishment and the life of the soul. This is his biographer writing about him. But his favorite and oft-repeated phrase is that prayer is the breath of the soul. This means that it is as important to the life of the soul as breathing is to the life of the body. Just as a man dies biologically if his body ceases to breathe, so too he dies spiritually if his soul ceases to breathe. Only our fallen state and our passions prevent us from realizing this very real fact. 
just as one can hardly imagine depriving oneself of life by voluntarily ceasing to breathe, so too it is unimaginable that one gives up one's spiritual life by refusing or ceasing to pray. This means that the ceaselessness and permanence of prayer is a matter of life and death. I've read that before, if you remember. But it's a very profound passage. Understanding, as he says, that prayer is the breath of the soul. Do we realize how important prayer is? It's life. Without it is death. These are the only two sides that there are. Prayer is life because it is living in the spirit. St. Savas is called sanctified because he lived in prayer and understood that prayer is life. But he was called sanctified to be a guide for us because ultimately he wasn't the one that gave himself that title and he certainly didn't know anything about that title in his earthly life. It has been given to him for us so that we can look to him as our example because we want a life that is lived in prayer and lived in the spirit. His, his name, Savas, it is an Aramaic word that means old man, which is also poignant for us because each of us have the old man in us that we are trying to have die so that the new man can arise. Now there's something that's an opposite of St. Savas, something our culture invented, very opposite of St. Savas, the zombie. Yeah, the zombie. You know, our culture is so fascinated by zombies, but what is at the heart of that? It's a being without a soul. If we're honest with ourselves, if we look at the world around us, the way in which people behave and the way in which we behave, especially in this frenzied time before Christmas when everything is about consume, consume, consume. We are no different than that. We become consumed by other things and no longer live in the spirit. We want to gratify our desires, our wants, our needs, what we perceive as our needs. And so we go after those things and we become like zombies. I know it's a very stark image, but think of that as an image, as an icon of what we become when we fall out of prayer, when we fall out of a life in the spirit. Because this isn't just a new problem, even though we've come up with this new idea, it's a problem that has always existed. In the gospel today, we hear about a woman who has bent over for 18 years. And our Lord says these strange words to her. You're freed of your infirmity. And it, in the Greek, it's a little bit more clear. The word free has to do with in opposition to slavery. We don't normally think you're enslaved to your infirmity and then you're freed from your infirmity. But our Lord makes it much clearer later on in the gospel. He says, this woman whom Satan has bound. This is another image for us. An image of us. Being enslaved, being bound, being bent over by all of our desires and wants and our passions. 
I can't stress to you enough the importance of prayer. It is indicative to us that our prayer life becomes so small and becomes such an obligation and a burden. So let us turn this around. It doesn't take much. Right at this moment, start praying. When you walk out of the church, pray. When you get into your car, pray. When you go home, pray. And yes, at some point in the day, actually stand before icons and pray. But pray. Seek after God. Because God desires to give his spirit to us. He wants us to be walking in the spirit. He wants us to be living in the spirit. St. Paul again said, If we live by the spirit, then let us also walk in the spirit. So what is this walking in the spirit? He's been talking about living in it. The walking in the spirit is what he talked about preceding that in his epistle. The fruits of the spirit. Those things that we all want. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. Who doesn't want that? Raise your hand. We all want that. We all want that. But that can't be the goal. You see, that in and of itself can become an idol. I want peace. I want love. I want joy. We pursue God. We live in the spirit. And then God himself makes us walk in the spirit. Gives us the fruit of the spirit. It's called the fruit of the spirit. We go to the grocery store and we go to the produce section. You ever think about that word? It's the product of the tree. That's what it is. It comes out from the tree. It's not something that we go out and create ourselves. The fruit of the Spirit is all of these things. This is what God gives to us how? By living in the Spirit. By living in the Spirit. As we leave today, let us consider, as I mentioned briefly, that analogy. Consider your engagement with God. Reconsider it. Because you're already married to God. What is that marriage like? How is it? And just pray. Just pray. Don't overthink it. Don't plan it out. Just pray. We have a very simple prayer that the church has given us. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. It's not hard to memorize. It's not hard to say. Just say it. When you go to work, say it. When you're with your children, parenting, say it. When you're around your friends, say it. This is how we become vessels of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be like Savas, turning from the old man to the sanctified. Amen. Amen.